Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Who is that young man? That guy up there is about to turn 75 years of age. I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm handsome. Be seated. <laughs> oh, Father, thank you. Give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this opportunity to be here today. Thank you, thank you. There are no time restraints. Hallelujah. Thank you. We can go till 6 o'clock tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And everybody said, <laughs> Pastor David, thank you. Kim, God bless you. Uh, my dear wife, Lindsay, sends her love to both of you. She remembers very well uh, the last time she was here at that women's conference. And I, I must tell you something that I, I, I shared briefly in the first service, but I, I felt led to start with it this time after what you just said about in his presence are his promises. Um, a lot of people seek God's hand. Don't seek his hand. If you seek his face, you'll get his hand. Uh, I have an assignment today. I'll get to that, you know, by 2 or 3 o'clock. Uh, but I've got to tell you something first. My wife has been having uh, prophetic visions for some years now. And when she has one, she gets up on Facebook and she gives one. And she gave one on Friday night. She's had about 30,000 views. It's on our, on our Facebook page. And when she has a, a vision, it's always in a dream. And she always sees it on billboards, the kind of billboards like you're driving down Interstate 70 and you see a billboard on the side and you, you know, it draws your attention to it. Um, and on this particular vision that she had that she shared on Friday night, uh, we did it in our home, I was with her, um, she said she saw the first sign, the first billboard that said, um, end time. And as she kept driving in the dream, the next one said, wealth. And the next one said, transfer. And she said the, there, were, there were no lights shining on the sign, signs. The light was coming from the signs. It was, it was like a golden glow. Then she said there was a fourth one as she drove, and the fourth one said, wicked. And it had no light coming from it at all. It was dark. And the Lord reminded her of the scripture, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And she said as she remembered the scripture, she saw the W on the billboard that said wealth change. And there began to be blessings poured out of the W. Prosperity healing, finances, jobs, marriages, a lot of wonderful things. And she said she looked down and she saw two groups of Christians. 
One group had their hands out while the other group had their hands up. And she said the blessings were only falling on the ones with their hands raised. Now, I don't know where, I don't know where Pastor Daniel is, but Pastor Daniel, that song, every one of you ought to go get that CD because that's what he's singing about in his presence. I'll come running back to you. I like that. I want that CD, okay? Where did I buy it? What? How much, how much is it? Ain't nothing worth having that's free. You know why? Because you don't value it. That's what he said a moment ago. How, how much is it? You, you, you ought to know what your own son's CD sells for. Well, let's just say it's $20, okay? I want it. Give it to her. It's going to her anyway, right? Oh, thank God for women. Where would we be without a woman? In my house, I have, I, I've raised five daughters. And uh, I always get the last two words, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Any man who says he's boss at his house will lie about other things too. <laughs> um, thank God. I thank God for, for Lindsay. She has a powerful, powerful ministry. And if you go to our website, or I should say our Facebook page, uh, you can see that prophetic word because she talks a lot about Solomon too and what the uh, Queen of Sheba brought. He wasn't looking for Queen Sheba. He was worshiping. And she brought to him in today's money a gift of $142 million. Anybody could use $142 million? Six of you, the rest of you. Okay. All right, now, I, don't take that off my time now, okay? I haven't yet gotten to my introduction. Okay. I have an assignment. Your pastor and I have been friends for a long time, and he gave me an assignment. He said, I want you to come uh, to Church on the Rock and I want you to teach on praying in tongues and interpreting. Praying in tongues and interpreting. Not just half a loaf, but a whole loaf. And I want you to show my people uh, the value. Because if you don't recognize value, then you don't appreciate what you have. Um, was the President Truman who said there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, people uh, say, I want to buy your lunch. It, it means they want something. They want some value for what they put into it. And when you purchase something, you want to purchase something of value or you don't appreciate it. So he wanted me to share about that today. And in order to do that, uh, I've got to uh, go through some scriptures with you. If you have your Bibles, open up first of all to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Is that on the screen? Yes, it is. Well, I'll just read off the screen then. I have my Bible. Um, he that, uh, John 7, 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly. Everybody say belly. Now, that's not your stomach. That's your, that's right here. That's your solar plexus area. That's where you live. It's where you feel. 
out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, he said that because he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. I'll get to that in a minute. Now, now also turn over to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Romans 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. Infirmities, uh, a better translation is our weaknesses. That does not mean sicknesses. He's not talking about sickness. He's talking about weakness. Likewise, the Spirit himself uh, helpeth our, our infirmities, our weaknesses, for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. How many times have you tried to pray and you don't know what to pray for? Uh, oh, God, oh, stained glass window, oh, Bible, I, I don't know what to pray for. Uh, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession. What's intercession? Prayer. For us, with groanings which cannot be uttered, or in other words, for which there is no uh, equivalent in human speech. Now, verse uh, 27, can you go to verse 27? And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay? Now, let me set this up for you. Uh, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 19. I'd been running from God. I was a nightclub entertainer, and I was singing in clubs, and I was living like the devil. I wasn't interested in God. I had seen how my father, Oral Roberts, had been maligned by, by the press, by the media, uh, even by the Christian media. And uh, my father was one of the most loved and at the same time hated people. And most of the hate came from the Christian world. And because I saw that, it turned me off of God. And so I went another way with my life. And because I was a, a singer at the time, and because uh, opportunities were given to me, I, I sang in clubs and I sang all over this part of the country, all the way up uh, into Illinois from Oklahoma. And I was in a, in a rock band and, and I was making good money and I wasn't interested in God. And my father wanted me to use my talent for the Lord. And I said, get the hell out of my life. He said, that's what I'm trying to do, to get the hell out of your life. And so um, I, I was on my way. I was offered a contract at the uh, Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas to sing for their lounges. And I was going to start there and then become a headliner and then come back and jam it down their throats. But a funny thing happened to me on the way to Las Vegas. I got sick. And I was bedfast. And uh, they put me in the bus. I was in Chicago. And they put me in the bus back to, back to Tulsa and put me in my old bed in my parents' home. And my father came home from a crusade in California and came into the room to pray for me. Now, he and I had been estranged. There wasn't any language. In fact, I don't think I'd talked to him in six months. And uh, he came into my room, and he, have, he, was, he probably had more compassion than anyone I've ever known in my life because he was sick himself and nearly died when he was a teenager. He nearly died with tuberculosis. And God healed him. And because he, was, he had known what sickness was, he had so much compassion for people who were sick. And that's how God used him in the healing ministry. And I felt such compassion toward me coming from him. And he reached out his hand to pray for me. But before he touched me, he began to prophesy. 
And he said, son, I had no idea. And I said, what do you mean, dad? You had no idea. He said, I had no idea that you had a calling for the healing ministry. I said, neither did I. <laughs> and uh, he said, I see you. And began to prophesy. He said, I see you standing before kings and queens and presidents and prime ministers in nations all over the earth. I see you in great crusades with huge crowds. I see you. Uh, I see you uh, giving words of knowledge. I see the voice of the Lord coming up through your throat. And when you speak, people will be healed. He said, you'll have a different ministry than mine. He said, mine has been a laying on of hands ministry. Yours will be a word of knowledge ministry. And I mean, I was, I was in a state of shock. I'd never heard anything like that in my life. I didn't even know what the word of knowledge was. And uh, uh, I was so touched by it. And he reached out and put his hand on me and prayed. And when he prayed, the fever left. My voice, which had been lost and almost destroyed, was restored. And I was able to get out of the bed. And, and uh, I, I had almost lost the power to walk. I was so ill. And uh, I didn't know what to do. So I got on my knees and I prayed a sinner's prayer. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart. So, um, and of course, every prophetic word he, had, he spoke that day has come to pass. Uh, I've, I've ministered in 55 countries in my life. I've laid hands on 35 heads of state all over the world. I've, I've seen crowds. I've preached to as many as 200,000 people in one night. I've seen services where 25,000 Muslims gave their hearts to the Lord. I've seen healings all over the world. Now, I'm in the third third of my life in ministry. You have three thirds in your life. The first third, you're learning. The second third, you're doing. And the third third, you're teaching how you learn what you do. Well, I'm in the third third of my life now. I'll be 75 in November. So I'm in that third third, and I'm, I'm teaching pastors all over the world. I just had a, uh, a seminar, a three-day seminar with 15,000 pastors in Pakistan. And I had one in Nicaragua also. I just had 2,000 pastors from 14 French African nations in West Africa in Cameroon. And I didn't tell you, Pastor, I just had one in Saudi Arabia. It was a miracle that we had it. Um, that they allowed us to have it in Saudi Arabia. So all those words came to pass. But let me get back, back to where I was. Uh, I went back to school after that experience that I had. And there was a group of young men who were praying in tongues. They were across the hall in one of the other dormitory rooms, and uh, I had avoided them for the entire year. But now suddenly, because I'd given my heart to the Lord, I wanted what they had. And uh, so I knocked on the door, and I said, what are you doing? Well, I knew what they were doing. I was raised in a Pentecostal charismatic home. I, I, I also grew up in an Assembly of God church. I knew about praying in tongues. I knew what they taught it was not what my father taught, but it was what that church taught. They taught that, that people prayed in tongues as initial evidence. And once you prayed in tongues once, it was like a badge of honor that you wore on your chest, and you never needed to pray in tongues again. That's what they taught in those days. And you had to go out and get the Holy Ghost. They didn't understand what the Romans 8, 16 says, that when you give your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in. And bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. They didn't know that in those days. And they didn't teach that. And that's one of the reasons why the evangelical world thinks that Pentecostals and Charismatics are a bunch of crazy people. Because most of us don't know the Bible. So, uh, 
I knocked on the door and I said, what are you doing? They said, well, we're praying in tongues. Would you like to pray in tongues? I said, yes, but I don't know how. Uh, even though I had been raised in a Christian home, in a charismatic home, even though I had been there uh, during the time uh, that my father was establishing a university and I was there on the grounds with him when God showed him how to do it. And I remember as we were walking through the trees one day on the piece of land that we had purchased, he had the land, but he didn't have any money. He didn't have any buildings. He didn't have any students, didn't have any faculty, didn't have any curriculum. He had nothing except God said to him, build me a university, build it on my authority and build it on the Holy Spirit. He said, I don't know how to do that. And the Lord said to him, do you have the Holy Spirit? He said, yes. And the Lord said, do you know what you have? Well, the mere fact that he had to say, do you know what you have, indicated that my dad had no idea what he had. And the Lord said to him, you have the unlimited power of Christ inside you. You have Jesus' other self. Now, what do I mean by that? Jesus, when he walked the earth, was limited to time and space. He could only be one place at a time. He couldn't be in Capernaum and be in Jerusalem. But now, in his unlimited form, after his death, burial, and resurrection, the Holy Spirit is poured out, who is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at the same time, in you and in me at the same time. I can be in Tulsa. You can be in St. Louis. Holy Spirit's here, Holy Spirit's there. He's everywhere, okay? Now, I'm, 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 kind of, I'm kind of doing this in a backwards way of what I did this morning. Uh, wait for me. I'm, I'm, slow, I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on, okay? Um, so I said, I don't know what to do. They said, start with us. Say what we say. And I said, well, now, I don't want to be a mimic, I'm not a copycat. I, 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 don't want, I don't want to just say what you say. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. Start with us, and God will take you into your own language. Amen. And I, I looked at them, and, and one of them said to me, Richard, we're going to prime your pump. Now, uh, I, I worked on a farm like Pastor David did I, when I was a boy. We had a, a little farm outside of Tulsa. And we had an old water well, and you, you, left, you kept, a, kept a cup of water there, and you had to take a cup of that water, and you had to pour it into the well in order for the pump handle to work to get water to come up. You had to put water in in order to get water out, and I remembered that. And so when this student said to me, we're going to prime your pump, suddenly I knew what he meant. I was going to start with him and God was going to take me into my own language. This was revolutionary to me. Now, I'm 19 years old. Just a few weeks before I turned 20. I was a junior in college. Okay? And they started praying in tongues. And they said, now you start with us. And so I, I began to say a few syllables like I heard them say. When suddenly something took over. And some other syllables began to come out of my mouth. Symbols that made no sense to me. Well, I'd been to Sunday school. I'd been to church. I, I knew what the Bible said. I knew the Bible said that when you speak in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. Your, your spirit is edified. You feel better. But you don't have any information to go along with it. 
You don't understand the value. And I remember hearing my father say, son, praying in tongues is not just an experience to feel good. There's something on the other end. There's value on the other end. And they said, now, you can start and you can pray. And, and some more syllables came. And then they said, stop. And they said, now begin to pray in English. And when I did, I was absolutely shocked at what came out of my mouth in English. It was words that I didn't learn. It was not, what I mean by that, it, was, it wasn't coming from my brain. It was coming from my spirit. I was saying what was deep inside me. And I began studying uh, the Holy Spirit. And I saw what, what happened in the, in the New Testament and what happened in the Old Testament. Now, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll finish this in a minute, but in the, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon men and women. He didn't come inside them. He came upon. The Spirit came upon Moses, and he was able to lead uh, two and a half million Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon Deborah, and she became judge in Israel and, and rightly made decisions. The Holy Spirit came upon uh, David, and he was able to defeat Goliath. The, the Spirit came upon Daniel, and he was able to withstand uh, the, the, the lions. The Spirit came upon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, uh, to, to withstand the flames of Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace. The Holy Spirit came upon Elijah, and he was able to run faster than King Ahab's chariot. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit came upon the prophet Elisha. And when he lay prostrate over the body of the, of the young dead teenager, his life came back. The Holy Spirit came upon people. But when Jesus came to pour out the Holy Spirit, after Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried, and rose from the dead. And when he poured out the Holy Spirit, no longer did the Holy Spirit come upon mankind. The Holy Spirit came in mankind. You can't get saved without the Holy Spirit coming in you and bearing witness that you're a child of God. So when someone says to you, when did you get the Holy Ghost? Your response is, when I got saved. Because you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit coming in and bearing witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. And by the way, I don't like the term Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about Casper, the friendly ghost brother. Okay? I don't like that. I don't like that translation. That's the King James says Holy Ghost, and I prefer Holy Spirit. I'll, that's just personal. I'll, I'll throw that in. There's no charge for that, David. I, I prefer Holy Spirit to Holy Ghost because I think the world misunderstands when we use the term Holy Ghost. That's something that you think it's scary. I, I don't want anything to do with that. I, I don't want to go see a movie about a bunch of ghosts. You know. I, well, I won't get into that. Uh, so let me back up a little bit more. Now, I know I'm going about 16 different highways right now, okay? Because you are pulling this out of me today. And I want to give you everything that I've got. 
and it's your pastor's fault because this is what he asked for. And he, he told me just when we came out, he said, you take all the time you want, and I have all day. I don't have to be home till tomorrow. Okay? I'm going to drive back to Tulsa tonight. I got work to do tomorrow, so I've got plenty of time as long as I don't hurry. Okay, so let me, let me help you with this. Jesus is now standing on standing over by the temple. God bless you. And uh, his disciples are with him. It's in John chapter 7, and it's on the last great day of the feast. We just read that scripture. He's standing there. He's watching the excitement of the last day of the great feast. The Jews had come from all over that part of the world. And the Jewish historians and rabbis teach that on that last great day of the feast, the priests of the temple would bring out large barrels of water. And they would take the barrel of water and they would spill it. And the water would flow down the steps of the temple into the street. And the people, in their exuberance, in their excitement, would dance before the Lord in the water. Now, that's what was happening on that day in John chapter 7. Now, I'm going to paraphrase this. Jesus is standing there watching this, and he says to his disciples, boys, look at this. You think that water they're dancing in is something, don't you? But out of your belly, out of your innermost being, is going to flow rivers of living water. Now, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given because he had not yet gone to the cross. The Holy Spirit could not be put in people until he had cut a new covenant in his shed blood for the remission of sin or until and until he had taken the 39 stripes on his back for your healing and mine until he was crucified, dead, and buried until the devil was having a hoedown thinking I put him away for life not realizing that he was going down into the upper part of Hades which was called paradise where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob all, all those who had died in faith were waiting were waiting for him to come and release them to go to heaven So that when a Christian dies, they don't go to paradise. They go instantaneously to be with the Lord because the Bible says that, you, that the, you, when, when a Christian dies, they go immediately to heaven. There's no waiting period. You don't have to stand in line. I hate lines, you know. You have to stand in line. You don't have to go to a waiting area. Jesus was doing all that. And then after three days, he came back and he entered his own body again and showed himself alive to hundreds of people. Unmistakable. He even allowed Thomas to put his hands in the nail prints in, 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 in his hands and in his feet and, and thrust his hand in his side. It was proven by hundreds of people. Now he's standing on the Mount of Olives. We're in the book of Acts now. Are you with me? We're in the book of Acts, and you'll notice the book of Acts has no logical ending. And the reason, because it ain't over. The Acts 
The book of Acts is about the acts of the apostles and the disciples. Well, who are the apostles and, and the disciples? Us. I got news. Peter's dead. John is dead. Paul's dead. We're the modern-day disciples. John tells us if we continue in his word, then we are his disciples. Now, I'm not Peter. I'm not Paul, but I'm, I'm, I'm a modern-day disciple, and so are you. All right, so Jesus is now standing on the Mount of Olives. His followers, hundreds of them, are standing around, and he says, the Holy Spirit's coming on you. He said, you're going to be witnesses unto me. After that, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Everybody say Jerusalem. That represents your home. Everybody say Judea. That represents uh, where you go. Samaria. Everybody say Samaria. That represents the tough places where it's hard to be a witness. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the whole world. He said, but first... I want you to go to a special room and come together and pray. He said, I want you to come into one accord. King James Bible says accord. Come into harmony. The hardest thing in the world for Christians to do is to come together. Because everybody has their own little theology. You have a certain way of dotting your I and crossing your T, and I have a certain way of dotting my I and crossing my T, and if you don't do it my way, then I cast you out, and you can go start your own denomination. And that's exactly how the denominations were formed, because of disagreement theologically, instead of just coming together and loving Jesus, finding fault. Christians are the best people in the world to find fault. Everybody look straight ahead. Don't look to your right or left. <laughs> he said, get in that room and pray until you come into one accord. Something's about to happen, but it's not going to happen until you come together. I don't know how long it took. If they were typical of believers, it took a while. But suddenly, there was a sound in that room. The sound of a rushing, mighty wind that blew through that room. Everyone knew something new was about to happen. And there appeared, as it were, the Bible says, tongues of fire over their heads. And they all began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. I don't know how long they prayed in tongues. The Bible doesn't say, but they prayed long enough. And then when they left that room, praying in tongues, coming down the stairs. They were in an upper room. They coming down the stairs. The people that were there in Jerusalem, Jews once again had come for a time of celebration, heard them speaking in languages that they knew they hadn't learned. They didn't know what it was. And they said, what is this? And you can read it in Acts. Peter said, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, who said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your young men shall dream dreams, your old men shall see visions, and on my handmaidens, on my women, I'm going to pour out my spirit. He said, this is that. And Peter preached a message and told them they needed to repent and be born again so that they could do the same thing they were doing. And Peter gave that message. He gave an altar call. There were 3,000 who gave their hearts to the Lord and were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the church of Jesus Christ was born. 
Now that's how it started. And Peter, you know, you know, you know Peter's life. He was a rough old fisherman. You know, he 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 uh, he made a lot of mistakes. Anybody here ever made a mistake? Put your hand up. Anybody ever made two mistakes? Put up both, both hands. Pastor, I won't ask you to raise your feet. Uh, I mean, Peter was rough, you know. He was the one who took out his sword and cut off the ear of the, ser- of the high priest's e- servant's ear. And Jesus had to take the ear and stick it back on and heal him and say, Peter, stop that. You know, you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Peter said, I'll never deny you. Yet he denied him three times. I mean, Peter made a lot of mistakes. But thank God he knew how to repent. But you know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, hot dog Jesus, I'm going to make a mistake today. No, you usually find out along the way, oh my goodness, that was a mistake. I didn't mean to do that. So many mistakes happen you know, inadvertently. You don't intend it to happen, but it happens. Things happen, okay, in life. I cleaned that up just for you. Things happen. Well, Peter was the one that was called on to preach that message, but Peter couldn't explain. Peter couldn't teach. Peter didn't have the knowledge. He had the experience. And he had a tremendous anointing, but he didn't didn't have the ability to teach it. It took an old boy like the Apostle Paul to teach us about the Holy Spirit. And if you read 1 Corinthians 14, which I highly recommend, Paul says when you pray in tongues, you're not praying you're not praying, uh, 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 you, I'm sorry, it says, it says you're praying the mysteries of God. You're not praying about men, you're praying to God. He says, you don't know what you're praying. Well, when I pray in tongues, I have no idea what I'm saying. I feel better. I'm edified. But I don't have information. I don't have value. Therefore, I don't appreciate it as much. Because there's nothing on the other side. And that's where many Christians are today. Even Christians who pray in tongues. They don't take the next step and interpret like Paul is about to say in the next few verses. And he says, therefore, he said, when I pray, my, my spirit is praying, but I have no understanding. In other words, I don't know what I'm saying. So what does Paul say? What will I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will pray in tongues, and then I will pray in my own language. And when I do, I'm going to get new insights, new concepts, new innovations, and ways of doing new things that only God can show me. I'm going to get value to my praying in tongues. Now, when you understand, my fellow Christians, when you understand what's in praying in tongues for you, you want to do it every day. Now, if you miss that, then you've missed my whole message and I've wasted my time. I don't like wasting my time. I'm nearly 75. My time's valuable. I don't want to waste my effort. I want you to get this morning that there's a value to praying in tongues. And that's by praying back in English. Now, back in the dormitory, 
when I prayed, those first few syllables sound like a, some African mumbo-jumbo. Made no sense to me whatsoever. But when I stopped and began to pray in English, some words came out that did not come from my brain. And the more I practiced it, the more I could do it. And the better I got at it. So that I could pray at will anytime, night or day, in tongues, then stop and pray in English and get ideas, insights, concepts, get direction from God so that I could know what to do, where to go, and what to say when I got there. Because listen, friends, I'm not that smart. I'm just not that smart. Paul said, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. I don't pray in tongues because I'm better than anybody else. I pray in tongues because I need help. I need direction. I don't know what to do unless God shows me. And if I pray in tongues and when I pray in tongues and then stop and pray in English, suddenly my mind is watered like you would water a yard. Suddenly my mind, it, it, my mind blossoms. Suddenly I, I see, I hear, I feel. I know what to do. I know how to pray. I know what to preach. I know where to go. I know where to work. I, I, know, I know how to handle this situation. I know how to handle this child. I know how to handle this brother, this sister, this job, this situation that I'm, I'm going through. I know how to handle this, this, this addiction that I'm helping somebody with. I know what to do. Without it, I'm just a normal human being, and I, 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 I don't know what to do. But when I pray in tongues... Did I not show you that if you would bring this message today, I would open up the minds and the spirits of everyone here at Church on the Rock. Now, what I just did right there, that's an example. I prayed in tongues, and immediately I stopped, and I began to pray in English, and those words came flooding out of my mouth. They didn't come out of my brain, what I just said. They came out of my spirit. I'm telling you, if I had one message, if I had one chance and one chance only to talk to you, this is what I'd be telling you. Because I'm telling you, if you'll do, if you'll do what I say, it will transform your life. Now, I know a lot of you already speak in tongues. I know that. But how many of you interpret? How many of you just stop after you've had half a loaf? That's just the top half of the sandwich. Praying in tongues is like the top half of the sandwich. But don't you like to have a bottom half under it? Yeah, it's good all right. Because it's the word of God. If you can just get it in you. It's not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm a little weird, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> but this is something I do every day. And the more I do it, the easier it is for me to do. Now, I don't do it for show. I don't wear a badge here that says, look at me, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Aren't I wonderful? No, I don't do that. I don't stand on a street corner and lift my hands and pray in tongues. I don't do that. And I don't like people who do it. You, you seldom ever know that I'm praying in tongues. Most of the time I do it quietly. In my own prayer time this morning in the shower, I was praying in tongues. 
I went to bed last night praying in tongues. We're driving up here, Dr. Jeff Ogle and I, Jeff came with me. Uh, I was praying in tongues in the car. He didn't know it. I wasn't advertising it. I wasn't praying for him. I was praying for me. I need help. I needed to know how to do what Pastor David asked me to do. And as I prayed in tongues, God showed me what I was to do today. There is value. It's not just praying in tongues. It's interpreting back. Paul said, let him, let her who prays in tongues pray that they may interpret. And I got news. God is no respecter of persons. And if I can do it, you can do it. But it only happens if you decide. It only happens if you open your mouth and begin to allow God to speak through you. Now, on the day you were born again, I imagine you felt what I felt on the day that I was born again. When I gave my heart to the Lord, I felt something rising up on the inside of me. I imagine most of you felt the same thing. You might not have realized what that was. That was the Holy Spirit. What was he doing? He was interceding. He was already praying inside of you on a direct line in the middle of God's will, prayer. The scripture that I read says he knows what's inside of you deep down. And he also knows the mind and will of the Father. And when you pray in tongues, you can rest assured you are praying in God's perfect will. When you pray, don't you want to know you're praying in his will? You don't want to pray out of God's will. Nobody wants to pray out of God's will. You want to be in his will, don't you? When you pray in tongues, you're, you pray in, in his will, and then when you stop and you pray in English, suddenly you get understanding. And usually, usually what happens, one of two things invariably will happen when I pray in tongues, and then I stop and interpret. I'll either begin to say in English what I have been wanting to say to God, and I have not known how. Or I get his response and his direction in my life. Suddenly, I know what to do. Not only am I invigorated, not only am I edified, not only do I feel better, but I have information. I have value. And I got news for you. You can't get that online. It's not on the internet. It's personal. It's terrific. Everybody stand, please. Now, I know that many of you are already baptized in the Holy Spirit. But do you interpret? That's what I want to teach you. I want to teach you to put the bottom piece of bread on the sandwich. Not just the top. Not just a feel-good experience. But information, value to go with it. Let's all just begin praying in tongues out loud. I'm just doing this as a demonstration this morning. I don't normally do it this way. Now, if you don't pray in tongues, if you've never prayed in tongues, just open your mouth. You'll never speak in tongues with your mouth closed. Go ahead, lift your voice. Come on, lift it up. 
Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be thinking of what the next person is thinking. It's immaterial. Just you and God right now. It may make no sense to you. I understand. You're not speaking to men. You're speaking to God. He's, he's putting a language inside of you. Now stop. Remember, Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. Which means you can start, and you can stop at will. And I've seen experiences in my life where people have rolled on the floor and prayed in tongues for hours. That's not necessary. And well, they say, I was under the control of the Holy Spirit. No. He said, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. You can start, and you can stop. Just like you can take the faucet in your sink, and you can turn it on, and you can turn it off. It's under your control. Now, let's pray in tongues again. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. If you've never opened, if you've never, if you've never opened your mouth and prayed in tongues, just allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak. It may make no sense to you. Just, just start. Now stop and begin saying out loud in English the first thought that comes to your mind. Say it out loud right now. The very first thing. All right, now begin to pray in tongues again. Remember, it's under your control. You can start it, you can stop it. Come on. That's it. Lift your voice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Now stop and begin to pray in English now. The very first thing that comes to your mind. Say it out loud. I'm telling you. I'm telling you today. It's the gospel truth. If you will begin to do this every day, you'll find your language will grow. You'll be able to do it more. The more you do it, the more you'll be able to do it. It will grow. And then after you've prayed in tongues for a while, stop and listen. And you'll hear words coming up in English. Begin to say them out loud in English. It's not for show. It's not, not to go home and, and do this. I mean, uh, to do it in front of people. No, it, it's private. Now, I just got a testimony from one of the pastors, one of the 15,000 pastors in Pakistan. And uh, he said, uh, I'm a Presbyterian pastor. He said, I don't know why I came to your conference, but I did. He said, I have taught against speaking in tongues all of my ministry. He said, you taught, like I did today, on speaking in tongues and interpreting. He said, I was totally against it. But when you had all of us stand up and, and you said, start praying in tongues, just like I did, he said, all of a sudden, I started speaking in tongues. He said, it shocked me. He said, I preached against this all of my life. He said, I went home. I went into my prayer room, 
And I began praying in tongues again. And my wife heard me. And she came in. And she heard me praying in tongues. And she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, that's not all. He said, my two children were in the other room. They heard us. And they came in. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then... He said, on Sunday, I went to my church, and I told the church the testimony of what had happened to me. He said, half of my church began praying in tongues. He said, I prayed, preached against this all of my ministry. He said, I got home that night, two of my elders, did you say a demon board or deacon board? I don't remember what you said. He said, two of my elders came and said, we're turning you in to the headquarters of our denomination because you're preaching heresy. He said, I didn't know what to do, so I began to pray in tongues. And he said, I heard the Lord say afterwards in my interpretation, don't worry, I'll take care of them. That was the interpretation he got. Went to bed the next day, the two elders came back and said, we're so sorry, please forgive us, we want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit too. And they were. Now this is what's happening all over the world. Why not St. Louis? Why not? Why not now? If not now, then when? What are you waiting on? Another night with the frogs? Remember when Moses brought the plagues down and they brought the frogs? And Moses said, when do you want us to take the frogs? He said, Pharaoh said, tomorrow. Why another night with the frogs? Why not just take what God has for you right now? Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Shebro kosian na kasata, shitia woo, hallelujah. Kistian na kasibro kosoyat zambrakasa. Now stop and begin to pray in English out loud right now. Begin to pray. The first word comes to your mind in English. Say it. And if you'll do it, and you'll start doing it, it'll start growing, and you'll be able to do it any time, night or day. No one needs to know about it. It's just you and God. It'll transform your. Now reach out and catch hands with somebody. Father, it's not by might, it's not by power. But it's by the Holy Spirit that I pray this prayer. I come now against every sickness. I come now against every disease. I come now against every fear, every doubt, every anxious moment, every distasteful thought, every destructive idea. I come against any uh, depression or discouragement or fear in the authority of the name of Jesus, I come against it. Satan, you take your hands off. You loose God's men and women here at Church on the Rock. We do not belong to you. We belong to God. We were paid for by the shed blood of Jesus. And you can't have us. You can't have our wives, our children, our husbands. You can't have our families. You can't have our bodies. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You can't have us. So sickness, I bind you. I rebuke you. Come out in the name of Jesus. Be healed from the crown of your head even unto the soles of your feet. In the authority of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
you, my friends, are blood-washed Christians. Act like it. Walk like it. Talk like it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed that I'm born again. I'm not ashamed that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed that I pray in tongues every day and interpret back. I'm not ashamed that I sowed my seed this morning. I sowed my tithe and offering right here. And I'm not ashamed to believe that God's going to open me my windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing so much so there's not enough room for me to receive it. And I'm pulling on that anointing. And I'm going to have my miracle. How about you? Will somebody give praise to the Lord? Now, I don't know. I, I assume the lobby's out there. I don't, uh, there's a table out there with resources. Uh, I don't know if there's any left after the first service or not, but I brought some resources. I brought my book, Your Road to a Better Life. That's out there and available. I bought Lindsay's book, Discover Your True Worth, which has been a national Christian bestseller. She's got some of the coolest people that have endorsed it. She's got Dog the Bounty Hunter who's endorsed it. She's got uh, Miss... Uh, Miss K, K, what are you? The, the lady, what's her name? Miss K from the, the Duck Dynasty. You're talking about the Duck Dynasty guy coming? The, the mama endorsed it. Uh, Marilyn Hickey's endorsed it. So many people. Uh, Joni Lamb, many people have endorsed this. Uh, it's, it's better than my book. Just don't tell her that. <laughs> and also uh, a book on the unlimited power within you. That's on the Holy Spirit. And there's some CDs out there. They're available. God bless you all. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.